tonight for the second half of the message. We're going to start over in Psalm 86. So while you're turning over there to Psalm 86, uh, I'll review a little bit what we talked about this morning. Talked about a divided heart. And the fact of the matter is a group of people can have a divided heart. Some people can be in church because it's good for business, and some people be in church because they got a sweetheart there, and some people be in church because uh, entertaining, uh, you know, some good music, and uh, I don't know, somebody there gets up and talks is funny and fun to listen to, and somebody gives a heartwarming speech every now and then, cry, makes them cry a little bit, and they feel a little better. And some people go for the uh, social connections and. Some people go to salve their conscience, feel like they've paid for their sins, and a lot of people can be there for a lot of reasons. And as long as that's the case, you've got a divided group. Amen. Unless people are going to do things for the Lord Jesus Christ, all the other things don't matter. Some people go for the recognition. They like to be appreciated. <laughs> I hope you don't try that in a Baptist church. You won't be, man. But uh, whatever it may be, uh, they're there for some reason other than Jesus Christ. And if you're there for, Je for any other reason than Jesus Christ, you'll get disgusted and quit. <laughs> Amen. You need to do what you do because it pleases the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's up there keeping the record, and uh, that's, that's just it. Amen. That's the only reason you're doing it. If everybody there is doing it for that reason, you can get a great thing going. Now, that's a group application of this, but now I'll talk him from a personal application. One person can have a divided heart. Not just a group where some are here for business and some are here for pleasure and some are here for worship. I'm talking about the same person can have some concerns Absolutely. with business and pleasure and worship and two or three other concerns. And so that's a big problem. And I talked about how to spot a double heart. It's uh, distracting purposes. Uh, as soon as you get busy with one thing, get distracted with something else. I've said myself, I'm always absent-minded anyway, and with all the distractions we got going these days, it's, oh, it's killing me. Uh, contradictory purposes. Sometimes things diametrically opposed each other you're trying to get together. I mean, what a difficult life that must be. Uh, double tongue. Talking two different ways. The Indians here in the United States would say, white man speak with forked tongue. Because <laughs> they'd make some promises to them. <laughs> Next thing you know, they'd go a different way. Right. Uh, double mind. You know why you speak with forked tongue? Because you got two different things in mind. One side of you wants to be one way and another side of you wants to be another way and you're thinking what will make the most money and yet what will be the right thing to do and you just need to get unified in your own mind, how to spot a double heart. And then I talked about how to overcome a halting heart. You'll never get anywhere as long as you're halting. Joshua said, uh, or uh, Elijah said, how long halt ye between two opinions? Before that, Joshua said, choose you this day whom you will serve. You need to make a choice. There are people I've counseled with and man, I was so frustrated with them, just constantly hearing, I want to do this, but I don't want to do that. But I do want to do this, but I don't want to do that part of it. And just back and forth. And you just feel like saying, hey, man, you're going to have to make a choice and go with it. Amen. And yet, before I get too frustrated at somebody else, I better remember the Lord looks down at my mind and heart and says, Amen. hey, Bob, you need to make a choice, son. How long halt ye between two opinions? 
The way you do that is you hearken to him, you listen to him with all your heart, you return to him with your whole heart, and you serve him with the perfect heart. There's a lot of people that supposedly get right and they never come back to God. They return, but not to the Most High. So they return to a set of form, uh, forms, they return to some rituals, they return to a church building, they return to the family, but they never return to God. So hearken to him with all your heart, return to him with your whole heart, and serve him with the perfect heart. Get busy working, and that's the only reason you're working is for him. Amen. And if it costs your family fortune, that's fine as long as it serves him. Amen. Now that's the problem you can't get the men to get over, because the men are thinking, i got to provide, i got to provide, and I admit that's God-given, okay? I admit that is God-given, and that's hard to get over. With the women, it's the relationships, you're going to have to decide if you're going to serve God if it costs you every relationship with every child you got. <laughs> you ain't going to find many women do that. <laughs> Anymore you can find the men get rid of the money, the women ain't going to get rid of the relationships. And that right there is what's going to hold people back. And that's not the kind of preaching that's real popular and everything. But if you're going to follow the Lord Jesus, a lot of times it costs you everything you got in every facet of life. You have to, and, not, and not in every case will it. But it might, and you've got to decide which one you're going to be faithful to. That's a hard, that's a hard thing. But I'll tell you this, if you will stay faithful to him, he'll show up. All right, how to spot a double heart, how to overcome a halting heart. Now let's talk about how to have a united heart. Psalm 86, verse 11. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart. To fear thy name. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray you come down and speak to us and bless us, dear God, with some understanding and some realization of some things that will help us unite our heart to follow you. And dear God, if we're going to have the blessing on our earnings that we really need, it'll only come if we do it in agreement with your will. And Lord, if we're going to have the blessing in our relationships that we really need so that we can be a blessing and a help to those people, with whom we have relationships, it'll only come if we with single heart are following you. And I pray you help us to remember that. And I pray you help us to sacrifice everything, if necessary. Not, not when it's not necessary. It won't always be, but if necessary. Say with the Apostle Paul, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dumb, that I may win Christ. Oh Lord, help our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, how to have a united heart. Now, this verse says, Teach me thy way, O Lord, and I'll walk in thy truth. Unite my heart, fear thy name. The idea is you had a divided heart. And some of it was over here, and some of it was over here. And in many cases, it was in four or five different places. There was a little bit that was with the ball game, a little bit with the rock star, and a little bit with the movie star, and a little bit more, a little bit with the videos, and a little bit with uh, whatever makes the most money, and a little bit with uh, the friendships and social relationships you got. And you know what he says? Unite my heart. Get all this junk out of the way and put me behind something. You say, well, I don't want to give all that stuff up. I can understand that. But the best blessing you'll ever be to all those social things and the best blessing your money will ever be to you is if you're in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ and you live that way. And if you're not, if you're trying to do all those things with a divided heart, Bless your heart, you're just going to wreck them all anyway. 
you'll feel like you're holding on to them. But it'd be like jumping in quicksand to try to help somebody. You just sink with them. All right, now he says, unite my heart. Uh, a couple things, a few things we can learn from this verse. First thing I notice is it uh, comes with teaching from the Lord. He says, first phrase, teach me thy way, O Lord. If he's going to unite your heart, uh, he's going to have to give you some teaching. You ought to get out of concordance one time and look at teach and teaching in the Bible. It has a tremendous emphasis. Teaching is a great thing. Teachers are fulfilling an important role. We need somebody to teach us the Word of God. Amen. Dr. Ruckman, in my opinion, is the greatest teacher, Bible teacher of our day. Amen. And he fought against that for years. I saw him give that testimony multiple times, and the tears rolled every time he ever gave it because it really broke him because he hated school and he hated teaching. And I heard him tell about when he was over there seeing Deflator Mouse over there in uh, Germany, and there was all those wealthy people, and there was all those cultured people, and they had everything in life, and everything was perfect, and God started having that talk with him yet again about how he needed to be teaching the Bible, and he kept rebelling against it. And he said, what's wrong with these folks? He said, uh, well, they got just about everything. I mean, they're cultured, they're hardworking, they're successful, they got money. He said, well, then what are they missing? He said, well, he just almost said it. And he stopped in the middle of the sentence. And he almost said, well, they don't have anybody to teach him. Right. He said, now, what did I call you to do? <laughs> and that was when he finally surrendered. If you can get somebody that knows the Bible and can teach it, you've got something most people in this world never know. Amen. Amen. Verse 11, teach me thy way, O Lord, I will walk in thy truth, unite my heart, fill thy way. You're going to have to get some teaching from the Lord. You where you get teachers and teaching, you get it from the Word of God. You read your Bible every day. And the top number one teacher of all time is the Holy Spirit of God, the author of it. You get filled with the Holy Spirit, you get reading your Bible, and you'll do all right even if you don't have a human teacher, although they can sure help. But teach me thy way. I'll tell you something else to notice here. Teach me thy way. You know what the biggest hindrance to learning is? Not having the right way. You know what the old-time schoolmasters did? They carried around that little rod where they'd whack you on the hand if you weren't paying attention. You know what they understood? They understood the biggest hindrance to learning was not that you were stupid biggest hindrance to learning is that you were just distracted and not paying attention and buddy they made you pay attention <laughs> oh yeah the teacher had a stern reputation because you needed to pay attention let me tell you 21st century Christians he is trying to get your attention and there are a thousand things trying to take it and how you live is more important when these young people start going and for some advanced degrees past high school, you know, more important than if they're, you know, smart is are they setting down their distractions and focusing on what the book says and the teacher says? I don't care how smart they are. If they're distracted all day, they're going to lose interest and move on. Somebody is going to have to focus. You What you need taught to you more than you need the three R's, 
You need somebody to teach you the way to behave. You know why we've got a generation that are big dummies? <laughs> I had to reword that right quick in my mind. <laughs> because they don't know how to listen. They don't know how to behave. Teach me thy way. Oh, Lord. There should be a unity in our behavior that is conducive to learning from the Lord. Teach thou the things that become sound doctrine. There is a way of living that goes well with sound doctrine. And there is a way of living that does not. And uh, the way most people are living now does not go well with it. <laughs> and it doesn't go well with the gospel either. How to have a united heart, number one, teaching from the Lord. Number two, teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. <laughs> All right, that's acceptance and obedience. Once he teaches, you take it. Have you ever seen somebody have a parent give them instruction and you could see from the look on the face and the way they rolled their eyes, they were not accepting it? <laughs> I have both done it and experienced it from others. <laughs> I have been on both sides of that fence. I'm familiar with that one. What does he say? Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. You want a united heart? Get the right teaching. It'll be the teaching based on this Bible, and it'll have a way of life that goes well with that teaching. It'll have things like honor and respect and good behavior. It'll have things like modesty and uh, paying attention. It'll have those types of things. And then accept it and obey it. What does he say he'll do? I will walk in thy truth. You tell me what to do and I'll do it. Boy, you know what? You can get something going if you've got a group of people that will submit to right godly authority. The old saying is everything rises or falls on leadership and dad gave an addition to that. Everything rises or falls on submission to right leadership. You can have the best leader there has ever been. In fact, we Bible-believing Christians do. Who's better than the Lord Jesus Christ? But how come sometimes we're in a mess? It isn't that we don't have the right leader. We're not submitted to him. Amen. It'll take both. Teaching from the Lord and acceptance and obedience. Once he says it, you do it. Now, buddy, if you've got good leadership, not perfect leadership, speaking of humans, you just have good leadership and a bunch of people that will submit to it. You can actually make some progress you can't make otherwise. And the first step is you'll get a united heart instead of ten different directions. Instead of a bunch of things that you'll never get together. How individual we've become. Everybody wanting to do their own thing. Everybody has their own phone looking at their own video and their own whatever. And you can't get a group of people together for nothing. But lo and behold, it's worse than that. You can't get the same individual with a united heart toward just what that one individual wants to do, let alone a group of them. But if you're going to, it'll come from teaching from the Lord and acceptance and obedience. All right, this third one is real tough. Unite my heart to fear thy name. If I'm going to unite my heart, you know what I'm going to have to do? 
I'm going to have to decide to concentrate on that one thing I'm uniting my heart to do. I'm going to have to focus. I'm going to have to concentrate. That means I'm going to have to put other things out of my mind. You ever go to somebody's uh, computer screen and they've got all the tabs open at the top from all the different things they're looking at? Wow, does that drive me crazy. You ladies are better at that, man. A lady can have something cooking on the stove and a baby in the arms and the phone right here and going over here and taking care of some laundry at the same time. Whoa, how do you do that? But when it comes to the Lord, you can't. When it comes to the Lord, you're going to have to decide it's going to be him and not the movie star. It's going to be him and not the athlete. It's going to have to be him and not the shopping trip. It's going to have to be him. There's going to have to be a time you close all the other tabs in your mind and focus on Jesus Christ. And that's a hard thing to do in our day. You're going to have to focus. Matthew chapter 6 talks about having your eye on one single thing. Matthew 6, 22, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. You know where you put your eye? To where the light comes in. Amen. You know what you do when you open the uh, shade or the curtain? You find which way the sun is shining in and open the curtain on that window. And it'll let the maximum amount of light in. Let me tell you where the light's coming from. It's coming from the Word of God. Concentrate everything on that window and open that curtain and let all the light come in. And it'll shine light on how to spend your money and how to eat and how to drink and how to raise your kids and what kinds of things to avoid and the pit trap, pit stops, the, the pitfalls, I'm sorry, the pitfalls to look out for and the traps and the snares and everything the devil's trying to get you off track with. You say, oh boy, he messed me up. Well, a lot of times you were sincere as you could be, but you knew good and well the sun was coming in that window and you just didn't go open the curtain. It wasn't that you wanted to get into that trap. I know you didn't mean to. I'm not fussing at you for falling into the trap you couldn't see. I'm fussing that you didn't open the curtains when you had perfectly good light and just refused to turn it on. Read that book. Read that book every day. Focus. Focus. You want to know where to focus? Focus where the light comes in at. Luke 11:34. the light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thine eye is single, thy whole body also is full of light. But when thine eye is evil, thy body also is full of darkness. Isn't that an interesting parallelism he sets up there? An eye can be single or an eye can be evil. That tells me that if it's a double eye or a triple eye or a quadruple eye, it's an evil eye. Amen. But if it's a single eye, it's good. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Why, if that mind is double, then it's dirty. Uh, Bob Jones Sr. used to have a great saying. He said, you say, if it's doubtful, it's dirty. And I'll add a little bit to that. If it's double, it's dirty. Amen. If it's half the, half the Lord and half the rock star, half the Lord and half the country star, half the Lord and half whatever your God is, it's dirty. You'll need to purify your heart. You have to kill the germs. Focus. A single eye. All right, I'll give you one more. And this is, this is one that nobody wants to hear about anymore. 
Psalm 86, verse 11. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart. For what reason? For what purpose? To fear thy name. Your Christian life will always be lacking if a significant part of it is not fear of God. You know when somebody is gone, well nigh hopeless, when they have no fear of God. And they're doing stuff that they ought to be scared to death to do. Amen. That, buddy, is when you just go ahead and write Ichabod. That's when you say the glory has departed. That's when you say nice knowing you. That's where you part ways. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. As long as you don't have any fear of God, you will have no reason to unite your heart. Fear should be a powerful motivator. Shouldn't be the only one. I hope it's not even the main one. But it ought to be a significant one. You ought to know there is a just God up there, and he's watching, and he takes care of his own, and he punishes those who persecute his own. How to have a united, a united heart. Teaching from the Lord, accept and obey, focus and fear. All right, I'll give you one more and we'll close tonight. Look at that. We're getting out of here early, man. You guys get a good early supper and everything. And that's this. How to heal a broken heart. Now, so far in this message, I've been talking about a double heart and a distracted heart. and Your heart is uh, filled with a whole bunch of different things. And, and I've been fussing. And uh, I deserve it myself as much as anybody. But now this one, sometimes you can't help. This isn't your fault. Sometimes you have a divided heart because you love the Lord Jesus Christ and you love somebody else and that person has gone the other way and they've broken your heart. And you're trying to be as faithful to the Lord as you know how, but the truth of the matter is you still love that person that's out in sin and your heart, in a sense, is divided in that it's broken and going two different directions. And it's not because you got distracted. And it's not because you didn't focus on the Lord. And it's not because you didn't fear the Lord. It's because somebody you care about has gone the other way. And you can't just let them go. You love them too much. And the Bible deals with that too. It's when you've got a broken heart. And most of us experience that to a degree. How to heal a broken heart. All right. The first thing I'll say about that is this. Remember that God is real close. When you have a broken heart, he is right there near. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Bad as it is that you've got that broken heart, and your heart is divided, it's not united, and it's not your fault, there's nothing you can do to help it. Somebody that you just love too much, you've loved them too long to just quit loving them, you can't can't just stop number one thing for you to remember is God sees all that and he knows it and he's right there with you now when you're in those bad situations in life that there just really isn't any help in, and there really isn't anything anybody can do the one and only thing they can do is be there with you and the number one person that is right there with you is the Lord and he's close and the only good you can get out of it is you and him can sit and talk you can cry together and hug each other and let him feed you and let you rest and wake you up and feed you again and let you rest again. I just love that passage. 
He can just love on you a little bit. Now, it isn't going to make the thing better necessarily, this side of heaven, while he does that. But I'll tell you what it will do. It'll give you the most blessed life anybody's ever experienced. There's nobody on this side of heaven ever had a better life than one with the Lord right there close to him. Amen. You, you can't have a better one than that. And he can't fix, I say he can't, he could, but he will not fix a problem against somebody else's will, but he can get real close to you. So how to heal a broken heart? Number one, remember God is close. Number two, remember God does not despise your repentance. Psalm 51, 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, O God, thou wilt not despise. All right, now the truth of the matter is, uh, whatever has happened, you did have some part in it in almost every case. You may not be the main one to blame, but you played some role in it. Furthermore, even if there is one that you had no responsibility for, there's 15 other areas in your life that aren't wrong that are your fault. And there's a lot of things in your heart that the Lord sees, and it's sinful, and he's holy, and uh, he doesn't care anything about it, and he doesn't care for it, and it's hurt your relationship to him, and I suppose you could say he despises it. But when you have a broken heart over your sin, he doesn't despise that. Amen. You and him have broken fellowship, he does not despise that. Now, as long as you go on with your head held high, not admitting you've done anything wrong, anybody that tries to point out just for a minute how wrong you are, you immediately, like a machine gun, shoot all, all their imperfections right back at them because ain't nobody going to get you down. <laughs> you're too proud. You're too self-righteous. You're too sure you're right. God despises that. God despises the proud. No flesh shall glory in his presence, the Bible clearly teaches. But the minute your heart breaks, he goes from despising your proud, wicked heart to where he will not despise your heart the minute it breaks. You know why he breaks our heart sometimes? There's some things that he's been having to despise because he's a little too proud. He breaks that heart. Here's what it does. It humbles him. And Bible-believing Baptists can get real sure they're right. And as I've often said, point out all the verses that prove how right they are. And not have any humility. You know what Paul said? He said, Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, and that's what we have. We have an abundance of revelations. Amen. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me. Here it comes. Lest I should be exalted above measure. And one thing he'll have to do for us is knock us down. Because we have an abundance of revelations. I don't know who I'm speaking to. I'm speaking to some Bible believers here. We have abundance of revelations, and it is impossible or maybe I should say almost impossible to have the truth of God and the blessing of God and not get the big head. You get thinking you have all the answers. You get thinking if everybody just do what you told them to do, their life would be fine. 
no, if everybody do what God tells them to do, their life will be fine. Amen. And every bit of advice we give them is about half messed up. And <clears throat> just the truth of it. How to heal a broken heart? Number one, remember God is close. Number two, remember he does not despise your repentance. The minute your heart breaks and you repent, you say, okay, Lord, I admit, I, I clearly don't have the answers here. <laughs> Show me. As Brother Vespi said, I often refer to, come get me out of these weeds. <laughs> Help me. As soon as you do that, he will not despise. Amen. Remember, God does not despise your repentance. And remember this, God wants you back. From time to time, I've heard stories, look at me this way, will you? Don't look that way, look this way. From time to time, I've heard stories of uh, families where the parent loved the child and the child loved the parent, but the parent thought the child didn't want to come home and the child thought the parent wouldn't have them and they never got back together. From time to time, there have been lovers that got split up, and both of them thought that the other one wouldn't have them, and both of them was wishing the other one would come back. And they wouldn't communicate, and they never got back together because of that. I heard a story not long ago of a divorce and a split-up family and a estranged father, and when he was dying, here came the ex-wife and the children back, telling how they loved him and they was going to take care of him and do whatever was needed for the rest of his life. And they said, Dad, you're quiet. What are, why are you so quiet? And he said, I didn't know I had this. And sometimes it's a shame when people don't get back together just because they don't know that both parties want to be reconciled. I wonder how many marriages are completely messed up right now because both parties are wishing and hoping the other one would do something and they just don't know what to do. But I wonder how many more people are not in fellowship with God because they don't know how bad he wants them back. I wonder if sometimes the prodigal son didn't come home for even longer than it took because he thought he'd done burned his bridges. But lo and behold, as he got close to home, the father saw him while he was yet a great way off and ran. Psalm 147, the Lord doth build up Jerusalem. He gathereth together the outcasts of Israel. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. If you have a broken heart, that's what God does. That's his job. He takes broken hearts and binds them back, puts them back together, and bindeth up their wounds. How to heal a broken heart? Remember God is close. Remember God does not despise your repentance. Now, he, he despises your pride. Okay, I'm just going to be honest with you. If you are proud and thinking how right you are, he's despising that. But the minute you repent, the minute you turn, certainly the minute your heart is broken, he doesn't despise it anymore, not one Amen. And remember, God wants you back. You don't have to ever have to wonder if you can go back. You can go back. If you're not going back, that's on you, not him. He will have you and want you back. That's how to heal a broken heart.
And that's the end of our message on the divided heart. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to preach your word. And I pray that you'll take these things and help them be a blessing to us. Help us understand some things.